Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning, everybody. It is March already. It is Friday, March 1st, 2024. My name is Matt. And this morning, I got a couple listener questions in there. So we're going to do some listener questions this morning and some Asia focus. And then we'll see what the prices are. I haven't even checked this morning. Surprise, surprise, right? I kind of like the anticipation. You ever wake up in the morning and go, ooh, what's happening? And I don't even know yet. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Here's an email from James Holden. Best name of any listener. If you know, you know. James said, hello, Matt, I just thought I'd run this question by you and get your take. While I see many pros to a spot Bitcoin ETF, I think possible downside is that it opens up cryptocurrency to traditional trading houses and by extension, traditional traders that tend to follow market tendencies. Companies like Grayscale, iShares, and Vesco could treat Bitcoin like another market investment, where when at times are good, like today, with traditional markets, the Dow, Nasdaq, S&P are at near highs, money flows into ETFs. However... When the markets head south, which always will occur, they could pull money out of ETFs and drag Bitcoin down with it. Do you think Bitcoin will continue to follow the current trend and follow the markets? Or do you believe that the ETFs could allow Bitcoin to realize one of its reasons it was created in the first place and be a place for people to seek out, like gold, when times get tough as a place that runs inversely to the traditional markets? I tend to believe the former, but wondered if you hold a contrary view. I'm not seeking financial advice, just an educated opinion. Thank you, James, for writing in, and thank you for saying my opinion is educated. <laughs> um, first things first, is you see that the Bitcoin circadian rhythm have already, has already changed. It is now on a traditional cycle. We are waking up to the 9.30 cycle. We want 9.30 to hit. We want to see the price of Bitcoin go where it's going to go, and then we go to sleep. And it's changed from the 24-hour cycle. That's where we're seeing the volatility, because these Bitcoin ETFs are moving and trading and investing a lot into the markets, into the Bitcoin market right now. And so Bitcoin, just like it did before the ETFs, but now even more that it is going to be part of the ETFs, is going to follow traditional finance. I mean, when COVID hit, I mean, Bitcoin went down just like everything else. And when we have pullbacks in the market, Bitcoin goes down just like everything else. Sometimes there's inverse relationships, but really, honestly, for the most part, it follows the traditional markets. But also you mentioned gold. Gold is a store of value and people do have money in gold. And yes, the price of gold does also fluctuate with the markets. 
And so people are investing and speculating on the gold price and trading gold, but you're not seeing trillions of dollars of gold value wiped out because of the markets. People are still investing in the gold to have it part of their portfolio. And as we heard Jamison Lopp say a couple weeks ago, that brokers are still trying to figure out how much to allocate other customers' funds into Bitcoin. It's gonna be 1%, 5%, 10%. And those funds are not just gonna be willy-nilly traded. They might reweight those portfolios depending on the risk and depending on the market, but it's not gonna be just in or out of that market. You're gonna see people with money in these markets, and we're gonna have a base value of market cap for Bitcoin, yet there's also still gonna be the speculative traders. However, I just want to point out that the market is a weighting system and Bitcoin is not just like any other commodity. For example, if you're talking about oil, you can always find more oil. Oh, I found some oil in the shale underneath the lake in Canada. <laughs> there you go. Now we're going to frack it and we have lots of oil. It's also not any other company where you're, the market's weighing their product, their executive team, the market impact or the profits of said company. You're not looking at the iPhone or a SaaS company and trying to figure out how that's going to relate to the global economy and to customers and, you know, the longevity of the company and so on and so forth. So Bitcoin is different. And with that, I think we're going to have different reactions. And I also want to point out that Bitcoin's real value has never been its relationship to the U.S. dollar or any other fiat. That has been projected onto Bitcoin by the markets. And so right now, Bitcoin goes up in price because, you know, people are investing into Bitcoin and they're using it as investment tools. The real value of Bitcoin is one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. And that's because of the network, the algorithm, transparency, the, the supply cap and so on and so forth. And so even though you have one hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, one million dollar Bitcoin, the denomination in fiat currency is not the value of Bitcoin. Yes, it's been a very good performing investment, but this has been the way of self-sovereignty of money, of fiat, of transactions, of a way to get money out of the hands of government and the government control and the Federal Reserve's control. And so at the end of the day, if everything falls apart, which I think Bitcoin is trying to be a hedge or always been a plan or an experiment or an idea or a concept of a hedge of what happens after fiat or an alternative to fiat, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. And so projecting anything else than that onto it is in fact artificial. Even though that artificial projection could last for decades, maybe even centuries, that projection of its fiat value is still artificial. I hope that is an educated opinion. Thanks, James. I have another question from Cameron, and Cameron says, I hope this email finds you well. I've listened to your podcast for quite some time, and I want to express my appreciation for your content. Your show has become part of my morning routine. Thank you very much. He said he's been reflecting on how narratives play a critical role in shaping crypto markets. It's fascinating to watch how different themes gain prominence. And so basically what he's asking is what future narratives will gain traction and what we will potentially see. And my personal interest has shifted towards the quantum computing realm. I'm curious about your opinion on whether quantum computing is poised to become a significant narrative in the upcoming market cycles. And it's funny because I tweeted about this yesterday. I said in my tweet yesterday before I even saw this email because I saw an article about Apple. Apple adding PQ3 quantum resistant encryption to iMessage. And so my tweet yesterday was that this is going to be the last cycle that we see Bitcoin using SHA-256 hashing algorithm. That's going to change or incorporate a quantum-resistant algorithm from this point forward. And I think Apple is showing us that this is going to be the trend. Because just ask the question, why is Apple doing this now? They're seeing something that we're not. Either they have a quantum computer and they're running tests of trying to break their current algorithms or other people's current algorithms. They are a tech company. So obviously they're getting a lot of attacks either from foreign countries, from people in their garage tinkering of trying to crack their iOS, their iMessage, their iCloud and so on and so forth. 
obviously their Apple wallet, they're seeing all these attacks and saying that, hey, people are coming very close to being able to either brute force it or whatever, and they're using quantum for this. And so they're going to try to change it to a quantum-resistant hashing algorithm. Um, so I feel that this is going to be the trend. If you see one company, especially Apple, who's probably getting attacked all the time, probably hundreds of, not hundreds of thousands of times a day, you should really ask yourself, what is happening in quantum? I mean, look, look what's happening with AI. AI has went from, you know, Will Smith eating spaghetti a year ago <laughs> to Sora coming out and making us go, wow, you can make a video with a prompt and it look that damn good. And as MKBHD said on his video about Sora, right now, a prompt on Sora to make a video is absolutely good enough for B-roll. Most people wouldn't even notice. Yes, it's not perfect, but in one year, it has jumped exponentially. What is happening in quantum computing? Yes, a couple years ago, we said, oh, yeah, it has to get to so many qubits before it is even capable of considering breaking SHA-256. But that doesn't mean that that couldn't happen overnight. And there's a massive jump, a massive jump. So in my opinion, Bitcoin and its use of hashing algorithm 256 is on a short leash. I think that it's going to change to something that's quantum resistant. It's going to do it in the next couple of years. And I think that we're going to see a huge shift in governments, in uh, iMessages, and a lot of different products that we use to be safer because of quantum attacks. That's my opinion. Thank you for writing in, Cameron. But as I'm recording this, I think that you might be asking about tokens and investments as well. Uh, I also think that's going to happen. Remember, it was ICOs before, and then we have DeFi, we have meme coins, we have JPEGs. All of these different things become the new trend, and dog coins, whatever, right? Pepe's. But I also said, and I predicted this two years ago, I said, the next new coin is going to be AI coins. And they're jumping off. They're popping off. AI coins will be the next meme coin, the next JPEG, the next DeFi protocol that's going to go up exponentially because of speculation. And I remember some listener was like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's why I'm going to stop listening to you because what's an AI coin? <laughs> and I guess I was right. And I think that if you're talking about investment, I think there will be quantum tokens as well. Either tokens linked to certain quantum computers, to the certain quantum computing companies, or tokens that are going to be used to use quantum computers. So, for example, somebody has a very powerful quantum computer in somewhere, right? Let's just call it Apple or Google. And people want to use the quantum computer to run experiments or whatever. They might have tokens out there that you can buy, sell, or trade. Or somebody might have tokens that you can buy, sell, and trade to buy um I guess, time or space within the quantum computer to use it. And that could be a commodity as well. Anyway, I think that there will be quantum tokens out there that we can ape into. And now with the longest intro ever, let's get into Asia Focus with Sarah Kwan. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hong Kong-based subsidiary of HTX, formerly known as Huobi, has withdrawn its application for a virtual asset trading license according to a notice on the Securities and Futures Commission's website in Hong Kong, which is only three days after it was submitted. Last June, Coindesk reported that Justin Sun predicted HTX, then Huobi, could receive a Hong Kong crypto trading license in about 6 to 12 months. Of course, there's a plot twist. In fact, they resubmitted their application in a matter of a couple of hours. This is a response for Hong Kong SFC's announcement saying that unregistered crypto platforms must register by February 29th or close their businesses by May 31st, 2024. Apart from this, I've added another article in the show note contemplating very plausible possibility of Hong Kong being over as the financial hub in Asia. Hong Kong has always been the go-to place for Asian economy, even before cryptocurrency and all, tied to the relationship with mainland China. But that relationship is not as free or meaningful as before because Hong Kong doesn't have any sovereignty anymore. It is very, very painful for me to say this out loud, believe me, but that's just how it is. People I know from China also mention a lot about Hong Kong becoming just another city in China right now. It became significantly easier to get in and out of Hong Kong from mainland. And also there is no really Hong Kong native culture or vibe much left. All from Hong Kong having come home to their motherland, China. South Korea's ruling People Power Party has indefinitely delayed its proposal to ease cryptocurrency restrictions, including lifting the ban on local spot Bitcoin ETFs as per local sources. Earlier this month, there were reports that the governing party, People Power Party, was crafting election promises to delay taxing crypto profits permit domestic institutions to introduce spot Bitcoin ETFs and invest directly in cryptocurrency. Asia Focus and Daily Crypto News also cover this story. I did give you the prediction that it's not going to happen. The People Power Party reportedly removed virtual assets from its policy priorities as the party led by Representative Yun Chang-hyun. Intended to announce a virtual asset pledge last week, but has postponed it indefinitely. This party considered a proposal to suspend the taxation of crypto assets for two years and allow corporate entities to invest in crypto assets directly, but the proposal was not finalized due to the lack of sufficient consultation with relevant ministries and the risk of significant losses, especially for corporate entities. Yada yada yada. Anyways, they just didn't want to do it. Told you, I'm not even disappointed to this party anymore. <laughs> so we're back at zero. Looking forward to seeing other parties to suggest something at least though. I brought another interesting article written on fintechnews.sg summarizing how 10 APEC markets are navigating crypto regulations in 2023. First of all, we know we have nothing in South Korea, but enough of Korea. We have some noticeable markets like Japan, Singapore, Thailand. Uh, for example, Japan, they have travel rules, stablecoin regulations, crypto tax reform in place. 
um, in India, introducing AML registration for crypto service providers. Landing and staking was banned in Thailand. Crypto consumer protection rules, stablecoin framework was finalized in Hong Kong, etc., etc. It is a nicely summed up graphic and article, so make sure to check it out. The next article I'd like to introduce is about digital yuan, the OG CBDC in China. The article delves into the basics and in-depth analysis around Chinese central bank digital currency, aka digital yuan, aka ECNY, in multiple angles. Opinions on the digital yuan vary widely, with some praising it as a significant advancement, while others view it as a tool of oppression and evasion of U.S. sanctions. And some might say it's a propaganda currency. Its potential impact remains uncertain for sure, and that's why we're trying to tail this trend. Originating from a project initiated by People's Bank of China (PBOC) in 2014, interest in central bank digital currency surged over time, leading to the formation of PBOC Digital Currency Research Institute in 2016. Despite being in a in its pilot phase since last 2019, the digital yuan now is initiated and used by quite a lot of people, and it has expanded within China and gained international exposure too during the events like 2022 Winter Olympics, etc. Yet it still represents a fraction of the monetary supply. I mean, it makes sense, right? Statistics from the PBOC indicate significant user numbers, but skepticism exists regarding unique user counts due to potential promotional incentives. And to be honest, don't get confused with big numbers uh, coming from China, coming from PBOC, because in the country like China, nationwide initiatives are not that hard compared to any other democratic or typical capitalistic countries. The party just has to impose the rule; the rest usually follows. Technology point of view, the digital yuan operates without blockchain technology. And again, I emphasize CBDC in any country is really not cryptocurrency, and it's almost nothing to do with cryptocurrency. But they do employ some sort of smart contracts, allowing control over its usage, except the control is centralized, of course. It's now available for international transactions in commodities and cross-border payments, and so on. It's a very comprehensive but quite long article, but it has a table of contents, so you might want to check it out according to your interest. That's all for today. Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. And the time is 10:08 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fear greed is at 85. Extremely greedy. Bitcoin sitting at sixty-one thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars, down one point two percent in twenty-four. Still up, uh, measly twenty-one point five percent in seven. But do you understand what that means? It's twenty-five percent. I'm sorry, twenty-one point five percent in seven. But we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Hundreds of billions of dollars. Ethereum's at number two at three thousand four hundred and twenty dollars, down one point two percent. Still up sixteen point three in seven. Tellers number three. Binance is at four hundred five, down. 0.6% and Solana's number five at 3.32, up 1.5%. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, USDC, Cardano, Dogecoin at 12.6 cents, down 2%, still up 50% and seven. And Avalanche is number 10 at 42 even down 2.4%. 
The total market cap is down 1.1% at $2.3 trillion. We have a Bitcoin dominance of 51.8. Nope, that's a lie. We have a Bitcoin dominance of 52.8 and an ETH dominance of 17.8. And that was our show today. I will see you maybe later today with another episode or tomorrow. But until then, happy hodling, everyone. 